Hello and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Well, in today's uh, podcast, we're going to do a tale of two cities. And it's probably partially a misnomer because I'm going to consider the twin cities of St. Paul and Minneapolis as one city or any major city on the East Coast or West Coast. So it'll probably apply to that and some in the upper Midwest. And then uh, we'll take, you know, a town in South Dakota. It could be their capital. Uh, it could be any of their larger towns. Now, before people start jumping all over me that, well, why would you pick a town in South Dakota? Their population isn't that dense. Slow down. They have towns over 50,000, 60,000 where people rub elbows in the restaurants, where people go to Little League games and sit on the bleachers rubbing elbows together without masks. So, you know, you can't say that, oh, that town's small. I'm all What does that have to do with anything? It's large enough to cause an outbreak if COVID is present, and COVID is present in all these towns. So I just want to talk about different approaches. Uh, I I want to talk about how things look and that math matters. Now, recently, the CDC came out with um, a statement. They slipped it in. Luckily, it didn't get past too many people now because some people read the CDC sites word for word with a fine-tooth comb where they put a piece of paper and go down line by line like me just to make sure I'm not missing anything. And interestingly enough, they came out and said that direct COVID deaths were 6% of the total count. Now, later, everyone blew up and said, oh, you know, the CDC is not discounting this and that. And I'm like, stop. You wrote it. You meant it. It's 6%. Because I've read the Excel spreadsheet. You have things in there, you know, that were secondary or comorbidities. You had things in there like suicide, intentional and unintentional accidents. That's suicide. Um, And you counted that as COVID or it was counted as COVID. I'm very impressed that the CDC went through every single submitted COVID case and looked for the comorbidities and listed them. I don't think there's bias. I know there's a big conspiracy stuff on both sides out there. I think you're both off, both sides are off their rocker. Um, yeah, that means mo- most of the people listening to this. I, I think it's just a huge mistake. I really don't think we were ready intellectually, scientifically, to look at something like this. When SARS-1 came out, what, 15 years ago? When SARS, or more, SARS-1 came out, we weren't ready for that. I mean, they did close down a Toronto Blue Jays game. One game got shut down because they were worried because someone walked into the stadium with SARS in Toronto. And that was the extent of the craziness we had. Because what happened is probably everyone got SARS-1. You know, it's a coronavirus. It's like air. It's going to go everywhere. You cannot flatten a curve that doesn't exist. 
This thing traveled around the world in days. That's how these things work. That's how coronaviruses work. They travel around and they can't be too virulent to kill the host or they wouldn't exist anymore. That's like a squirrel eating all its nuts before winter's over. Okay, there has to be survival mechanisms set up in biology, and that's one of them. You, if you're too strong and you kill the host, then you're aberrant, you're a mutation, and that mutation usually goes away if it doesn't act to the symbiont um, activity of the internal and external environment that the, the creature is living in. Um, so you, you, you basically cannot destroy your environment or destroy your internal environment or your food source or you go away. That makes sense. Basic rules of biology. Same thing works for these viruses. We've studied these viruses for a very long time. On my laptop I'm talking into right now, I have a PDF of the first book I read on coronaviruses in 1987. I think I put on my Facebook page a couple of the, the latest ones. One of them came out two years ago. It's a very nice, um, good hunk of research on coronaviruses. You can go on PubMed. You can keep up on how... In North Carolina, they've been spinning these off and popping spikes on, from this one and replacing with spikes of this one and making chimeras. Um, yeah, that's a, a completely new virus. Novel means new. We have novel viruses everywhere. You have novel viruses on you now. People just love that word. It just means new. When you have a new strain, it's novel. It's new. So the reason I want to talk about two cities is just the reaction. Uh, about a month ago, we were uh, competing in a powerlifting meet in the state capital in South Dakota. We drove through there. Amazingly, um, nowhere were there signs about mask up, um, you know, danger, protect your neighbor, all that. There was no fear mongering. You know, there was few people wearing masks at the chain hotels and some of the chain restaurants, but the smaller mom and pop shops, there weren't. There were no, you know, bodies in the street. I think at that point, the death toll in South Dakota um, was just above 100. And uh, it's barely moving. It's 173 today. I think it was 173 yesterday. It's barely moving. So, you know, there was, you know, something very interesting about that. Nobody was really talking about it. I watched the local news twice, and COVID information was probably 7th or 8th, and it was less than 20 seconds. I timed it on my uh, phone, 20 seconds of information about what was going on in the rest of the country. And amazingly, people were doing well. Now, now does that mean that there was no COVID? I guarantee if they started testing people, one in three have it. Um, it's just like uh, the coronavirus OC43, which causes 5% of all upper respiratory infections in the world. Hello. Um, wake up, people. Um, that it would be everywhere. OC43 is everywhere. It's on you right now. If I scraped your forearm or did a swab in your mouth, you'd have it. You'd have a coronavirus in your mouth. So what did, what did I notice? Well, the lack of fear the lack of fear. And lack of fear means less cortisol, less adrenocorticoids being released, and a stronger immune system. If you are in fear, 
no matter what you have, your immune system is paralyzed also. It's a good thing to remember. If you're paralyzed in fear, so is your immune system. And in fact, you will get sick. It's almost a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, but it has scientific ba basis. You shut down your T-cell activity, which is your first, one of your first lines of defense after the complement system. And so your T-cells actually slow down when you're in fight or flight or have anxiety or have fear. Now, is that the reason for the better numbers? I don't know. When we were at the restaurant bar having steaks before the meet, I saw someone, and he had still had his name tag on. He just rolled in from the hospital. It was one of the medical doctors at the hospital having a beer. Well, I guess that's what you do in South Dakota. And I just moseyed up to him, you know, me my being my introvert self, and started talking to him and asked him, hey, you know, we're from, you know, Minneapolis-St. Paul. And he goes, oh, my goodness, how are you guys doing? And I go, yeah, exactly. And he goes, I asked, why are your numbers so low, at least per capita, per capita? Even though South Dakota has a smaller population per capita, further percentage of their population, they have less deaths and less ICU hospitalizations and regular hospitalizations. What does that mean? They're healthier. They're just healthier, even in their, quote unquote, larger cities. They're healthier if they get COVID. Somebody from South Dakota has a better result going to the hospital with COVID than someone in Minneapolis, St. Paul. That's just stats, folks. Look it up right now on the South Dakota uh, Department of Health website. You get the numbers, check Minnesota's numbers, compare them, just do your math, you know, figure out the population of Minnesota, the population of South Dakota, and you will be horrified. No one's talking about it. No one's even talking to these people. And I'm like, why aren't people talking about it? And I said, what do you do? Well, you know, when they come in, we use Palmacord. It's a corticosteroid. We blow into their lungs right away. Make sure they have fluids. They're using zinc, making sure that, you know, they're, they're you know, properly given the proper nutrition. And, yeah, they're using quinine, hydrochloroquine. And I said, we've been using that since the spring, and we're getting good results. And I said, well, why aren't you telling anyone? And I, they said, well, we've gotten threats. And I'm like, who would threaten you? That's crazy. That's conspiracy. And he goes, that's all I know. Just doing my job. And then he finished his beer. You know, I said, thank you for your time. And I walked away. And, and, and I'm not trying to start it in conspiracy. Because, you know, this is third, fourth hand. He could be misinterpreting. That's not a scientific anything. That's like stuff you put on Facebook. But what I did notice is that he had no fear. And he had a protocol as a medical doctor working with these cases on what to do. Only two months ago, Healtheast Bethesda Hospital, which is our COVID hospital in St. Paul, put out a protocol of using Palmacort for the acute respiratory distress caused by COVID just recently. And they're getting great results. Well, yeah, you got to cool the lungs down. That's what they did 15 years ago with SARS-1. It, you know, oh, Fred, it's novel. Well, yeah, it's novel. It's got some different spikes. And its genome has a, probably a few, you know, you know, different nucleotides than, you know, one. But pretty damn close, you know. Um, you couldn't tell them far, far enough apart. Um, it's kind of like looking at sisters at the same age or cousins. You know, they're pretty, pretty close. 
So what is going on in Minneapolis, St. Paul, or many, uh, another city? Why, where is all this fear coming from? I am not buying into political control. I don't even want to talk about con- cons- uh, conspiracy theories. I just think, really, they overcalled it. They were told this is what we had to do. And they believe their own lies because just like children, and most of us are children, we've got that inner child because we haven't worked out into adulthood. Just like children, we are still trying to work through, you know, these holes in our insight and knowledge. And if we start denying what we hold as true, whether that's a religion or a political view, and look at the other side, you're going to have to deny everything that you stood on. That is why you have people will hold on to a mistruth, to inaccurate information, completely inaccurate information, until, even as it's brought in front of them. That cognitive dissonance, that total disassociation with reality is happening on both sides of the political aisle in Washington, D.C. It's happening in the scientific community. There are veterinarians who've been working with um, COVID viruses and they've been given vaccines for coronaviruses for decades. And no, you know, eh, the vaccine's not as effective because you need T-cell immunity too. You just don't need B-cell slash antibodies. You need the T-cell side of your immune system to work. And vaccines don't drive that hardly at all. Um, so it's called T-cell potentiation. That's where the T-cells actually recognize the full wild-type virus, you know, just not parts. You got to be able to recognize, you know, a very sick cell, too, caused by it. Well, if you give someone a vaccine, how's your Th1 helper cells, Th1 cells, how are they going to recognize a sick cell if that person never gets sick with that, with that bug? They're never going to recognize it, so it's not potentiated for it. So when they do get it, they're going to get slammed. Anyway, that's common sense. You should know that. And you remember that from bio, Biology 101 when you're 18. Oh, no, everyone's forgot it. They absolutely forgot their minds on how the immune system works and how it's designed. You don't have to be a PhD. You just had to freaking show up when you were 18 to your freshman biology class. Or maybe it was a, a 200-level A&P anatomy physiology class. I'll give you that. Maybe you had to be 20 or 19. But a lot of this uh, basic information on how the immune system works, basic information on coronaviruses, which we've known about, I don't know, so for over 30 years, um, it's already been out there, written about, it's done. Uh, The reason they play around with coronavirus and pop spikes on and add and manipulate them is because you can. They're so easy to, uh, to manipulate in the lab. Um, so, you know, that information's been out there. It's all on PubMed. You can download it, put it in a binder and read it. Um, you can look up above the abstract who, which, which uh, professors are doing the, the uh, manipulation of these viruses and who knows the most about them. It's amazing. And it's not our epidemiologists. Um, you know, that's like asking a, a sports uh, broadcaster to throw a touchdown pass. And I actually think that's a good analogy. You may be able to broadcast, but can you play the game? And playing the game, you would have intimate knowledge of what's going on on the field. 
Now, sportscasters can understand the game, they can call the game, can make the public enjoy it, but they can't throw the damn ball. So, something to think about. And I'd rather talk to, when we're talking about how to play the game or the game itself, I'm going to talk to the athletes um, or a coach. I'm definitely not going to talk to a sports broadcaster who just makes comments from the outside and has to catch up by reading and may not have the skills to understand. So, Tale of Two Cities. You have one city full of fear or trying to push fear, and another city like, eh, you know, herd immunity. And they're doing better statistically. Now they're trying to scare everyone. Ooh, infection rate. Well, nobody talks about the, uses the word infection when you get a cold, even though that's an infection. And yes, it's a coronavirus. It's a C virus. Everyone has to get it. You're going to get it. Guaranteed the next 24 months, you're going to get it. What are you going to do? You can't hide from it. It's going. It's a coronavirus. You can't block it, stop it, or hide from it. It's impossible. So what are you going to do? It's like air. How are you going to prevent air from getting into your life? So what are you going to do? We have the studies out showing that vitamin D keeps you out of the hospital and keeps you out of the ICU. Not one thing on the news, not one thing on the news the last couple of days since those reports came out. Vitamin D directly controls how potent your, your T cells are. And if you want to stay out of the hospital, make sure you're, you're taking vitamin D. You know that's why old people and our elders and seniors are getting hit the most. They keep them inside. They lock them away. They keep them out of the sunshine. And you know they're not giving them enough vitamin D. In fact, they're not giving them any vitamins. And the food they do give them in the cafeteria is crap. How are you going to build your immune system? Wow. No wonder they're dropping like flies. We have this basic science information, but we're not doing anything about it. Because we're letting the sports broadcasters who've never gotten out of peewee football tell us how a Super Bowl quarterback should play the game. Tale of two cities, one living in fear and one not. I know one thing after driving back from South Dakota that I was very impressed with, that I've put a bubble around my family, make sure everyone's getting sunshine, going out and getting fresh air, building their immune system, interacting with the public, interacting with the world, exercising, getting sleep. We're out there trying to live not in fear. I suggest all of you do the same. And this has been another fact podcast. Thank <laughs> you.